Coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast, David Walker is back, and we are talking about the All-Star Weekend. Devontae Graham in the three-point shooting contest, Miles Bridges, MVP of the Rising Stars Challenge, and what we thought of the Elam ending in the NBA All-Star Game. Let's do it. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> This is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. We are bringing you Hornets news five days a week. I'm Doug Branson. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. I'm normally joined by my co-host Walker Mail of the uh, of the wake up call on ESPN Charlotte, uh, but he has another day off. He's back tomorrow and we'll be talking about the second half of the season for the Charlotte Hornets. But today we're talking about the all-star weekend. If you listened on Friday, you got a great preview with David Walker and he is back on the show today to talk about everything that happened over the weekend, Hornets and otherwise. David, how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. What a weekend it was, Doug. I don't think our preview did this thing justice. We'll try and solve for that because I had a blast over All-Star Weekend. Yeah, well, I think there were a lot of question marks, right? And I think our preview did justice to that idea that we didn't really just know how this was going to go because there were so many changes. So let's start off with a couple of simple questions, David. Do you believe that All-Star Weekend was a success for the NBA? Oh, absolutely. Now, granted, I usually think it's a successful weekend for the NBA. And, you know, I like it so much, Doug, but the reason I do enjoy it is because I do feel like it is an honest celebration of the game. And you can roll your eyes at that if you must. But I, I just think they do such a good job of not only celebrating where the game is, but also there's so many people involved with the game that come back for this weekend. Players that are not involved are there. Uh, older players are there. So it's a real sense of like the NBA community coming to one place for a weekend. And then on top of that this year, yeah, I mean, I think everything was pretty much a win for the league. Now we will talk about some of the controversy surrounding some of these events, but everyone was talking about the events Saturday night and Sunday night. Anyone watching or anyone around the sports world, I think was buzzing about what happened at the NBA All-Star events. And I think that's all you can ask for, especially when you have some really, really, really good displays of athleticism and some of your best people uh, involved in the league doing things you want to see them do. Like everything went off more or less without a hitch. Now you could talk about some of the stuff, how it went down, but I think a success, it definitely was. Yeah, I think you hit on the key metric. Were there things that people were wanting to talk about the next day? And were most of those things positive? And I think if you look at mm-hmm. this All-Star Weekend, you check both of those boxes if you're the NBA. All right, let's move on to the next simple question before we dig into the All-Star game. And then later we're going to talk about how the Hornets did in the Rising Stars game. They really were 
uh, the bench unit for Team USA and the reason that Team USA was able to get the win. So we'll dig into that in segment two. And then in our final segment, we will talk about, it feels like we talk about this every year, the All-Star Saturday Night Shenanigans. It's like a yearly, (laughs) an annual segment for us where we talk about what happened on All-Star Saturday. So here's my second simple question for you, David. Was All-Star Weekend a success for the Charlotte Hornets? Uh, some would say it was the most successful moment in Charlotte Hornets history. <laughs> I would not <laughs> say five. that, but some would or say top. that. <laughs> so, it's a weird, I think it's very that. weird to say that. But yes, some people ex- would say I, that. I, I'm, I'm really surprised by takes this day, these days, Doug, but that one did shock me just a little bit uh, to see how well that was taken. But uh, so what was the question again? <laughs> was this a successful weekend for the Charlotte Hornets? Uh, yeah. I mean, for me... Even though they didn't have anyone involved on the game in the game Sunday night, I mean that was pretty much a given. I mean, come on, th- this team was not going to have any all stars. According year, according to had. GM Mitch Kupchak, he warned us all that that there were no all stars on this team. He did tell us that. He and Roy Williams are very blunt about their rosters. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the Carolina way. What can I say? Um, uh, but you had Devonte in the Saturday night stuff. Um, he gave a good effort, but was just blown away by the, you know, by the power of everyone else shooting the threes. But I think Friday night really kind of belonged to, uh, to the baby buzz. Um, you know, those three guys in the rising stars challenge, and especially miles bridges. I mean, he was the star of that game. Uh, don't pay attention to all the Zion highlights. I mean, appreciate them and enjoy them, but they were not the best highlights. Miles Bridges provided the best highlights and the best impact on that game as a whole. So I think if you're the Charlotte Hornets, that is about all you could ask for, Doug. Now, you could have wanted Devontae to make a little more of an impact in the three-point contest, but he was a little nervous. I think uh, I think when you bounce one off the, the backboard, you, you, you can chalk that up to nerves. So Friday night was a big win for the Hornets. I think it was good experience for Devontae, right? He, he got into that yes. action. He shook off the nerves. I don't expect him if he does it again next year or, you know, eventually if he works himself into the actual all-star game. It's good that he gets this experience now and doesn't, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. He, he kind of shakes those nerves off. Uh, so I think you're right. I think it was a successful night for the Charlotte Hornets. They There was already some buzz around the fact that Charlotte was going to have three players in the Rising Stars Challenge. That's significant. That signifies that your mm-hmm. player development is moving in the right direction but they could have been completely quiet on the bench and then there uh, there would have been no news uh instead there is news about the charlotte hornets because miles bridges provides maybe one of the better dunks of the entire weekend and that says a lot and then he brings home the hardware in terms of the mvp award for the rising stars challenge so i agree with you there okay let's spend the rest of this segment actually talking about what happened on sunday night because i think it for an exhibition game it was pretty significant because they made all of these rule changes and people were wondering, is this going to bring more competition to the game? There was some significance around, of course, the tributes to uh, David Stern and Kobe Bryant. So let's start with the format, though, before we get into the formatics. Did the new format work for you? Oh, and and, and did it, Doug. And let me just say, I, I knew it. I, I want to claim a win on this one because... NBA Twitter did not like this. Uh, they, well, they don't like anything. Uh, Twitter generally responds negatively to especially anything new. But for some reason, they felt a lot of, uh, you know, possessive. They, they felt some some need to guard the sanctity of the NBA All-Star game. They were the same people that changes. probably were complaining about the All-Star game. Let's just let's just put that exactly. out. Exactly. Right, right, right. Uh, 
but this gave them another shot to make this thing competitive. And you're right, though. No one knew how this was going to work. So there were there was still and even a quarter in because that first quarter was ho-hum NBA All-Star game. I mean, well, it was, was odd. It was odd to me because they started out really competitive. It's like I think all of the players were trying to figure out just how we're going to be competitive at some point. But when do we do it? You saw some early defense and then everybody was like, oh, yeah, it's the first quarter of the All-Star game. Maybe we back off a little bit. Yeah, and I think when Giannis basically took over the second quarter, that was going one notch up. But then the third quarter, it started a little sooner than I thought it would with just the uh, extra competitiveness because that third quarter ended in a tie, I believe. Yeah, because they carried the money over. And then the fourth quarter was exactly what they ordered. I mean... So let's you know let's people. let's pause because I okay. want to explain to people who maybe didn't watch it or didn't understand where that ending came from. It's actually called the Elam ending because it was created by Nick Elam. This idea of playing to a certain score. In this case, last night it was one fifty-seven because they added twenty-four points uh, to the. Uh, to the highest total. to the highest total. Thank you. And the uh, the Elam ending was created for TBT, which is a kind of semi pro league that plays during the NBA off season. So this yeah. has already been tested. Chris Paul uh, suggested that they go to this Elam ending, and twenty four, of course, a tribute to Kobe Bryant. So you thought the Elam ending worked for this? Yeah, because look what you got. I mean, any anything that gets you to that point where. Like I was about to say, the people I felt sorry for were actually the referees uh, for the first time ever because the first time they called a controversial foul Ooh. in the fourth quarter, the guys bowed up on them. Right. <laughs> and they must have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, I'm on vacay. Uh, what, uh, what is happening here? I mean, I thought somebody might get thrown out. And we had a challenge? We had, that, that, that has to be that's, – that's clearly the first NBA All-Star, like, uh, official challenge. Uh, we had two. I think, hey, well, you had a drawn charge by Lowry. You oh, had God. off ball fouls. You had defense. You had switching. You had uh, actual pick and roll plays to try to get players open as both teams were jockeying for that that final bucket. Now it did end uh, on a yeah. free throw. How do you feel about yeah. that? Should there be some changes going forward so that that this doesn't end on a free throw? Uh, they can tweak that a little bit if they want, but I mean. He still made it interesting, didn't he? I mean, Anthony Davis. Not as not interesting, though, as a final bucket. Like, had LeBron hit that uh, almost half court shot that he pulled up for that would have ended the game for Team LeBron, like, that would have been right. certainly well, astronomically so, more exciting than a free throw. Well, that's interesting, though, because look how many guys passed up that shot. And then look how many guys on both sides kind of kind of puckered up a little bit, Doug. I mean, our, our guy Kemba, uh, not the Turned strongest it over. showing down the stretch yeah and went a little ice cold in that fourth quarter so that was another interesting thing that i've never seen in an all-star game like usually when you have that many guys on the floor there's some level of like wanting to get people involved but like especially james harden passed up a layup now that's that's probably what he, he usually does in normal uh regular shoes in nba games but this was a bucket that could this was game point so you know a layup would have won it and then you had, I, th I think, I feel like Chris Paul had a, had a good look at a shot that could have won it too. And Team LeBron had several chances to end that game on game point. And it did come down to the free throw. That was a little anticlimactic, but I, I don't think it's any, any need to like change it up. If you want to make it on a shot, that's fine. But I think you got the exact result you wanted, which is a tight game down the stretch and, and, and multiple chances by either team to try and figure out how to get a bucket. And like that, 
that was a legitimately playoff like atmosphere for me, especially down the stretch, which is which is incredible to think about. I agree. It was interesting because you had all of this talent on the floor, but they weren't used to playing with one another. Mm-hmm. So like that's why I think it was more defensive than offensive, because you can see the offensive execution wasn't there like it would be if you were practicing all season, right? So um that's but I think that's interesting. I think I think that Elam ending worked. I think they they yeah. should consider some tweaks as they move forward, um, but I I don't see them moving away from that. Uh, I got one more question for you, but I want to save it for the other side. I want to know what Hornets player, which Hornets player you think would thrive most in that final format uh, that's on the roster now. So we'll talk about that uh, when we come back to the Locked On Hornets podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. I feel like Cody Martin is the perfect guy to go down there right now as much as anybody is. Yeah, you no, like I know, that yeah, no, I definitely, sorry, Martin. I didn't know you were tossing me there. Yeah, I definitely, okay. I definitely think that. Was uh, that a me problem or you a problem? Were you just not listening or were, was I just, did I didn't set you up? Oh, I totally wasn't, li- well. I wasn't listening to you okay. at all. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. David, the Hornets had three players part of the as part of the festivities, three in the Rising Stars Challenge, and then Devontae Graham doubled up and was in the three-point shooting contest as well. But before we talk about their performances and the events that they participated in, I'd like to know from you, which of these Hornets players, or maybe even someone that wasn't part of the, the, the festivities, do you think in the future would thrive most in that final format, that Elam ending that we saw uh, in Sunday night's NBA All-Star game? Hmm. So someone that would do well down the stretch who kind of wants the ball in their hands or could facilitate, I guess, is what you're saying, right? Like looking for somebody who can not use it. They're going to knock down a bucket in a pressure situation. Yeah, they want the ball. They're, They're going to be able to execute in crunch time. Yeah, I mean... I mean, Devontae jumps to mind just because he's hit a couple of those type shots for the Hornets this season, and he does not shy away from taking them. I think there's a couple guys that kind of fit that mold. I mean, I'm not sure that you would pick them over Devontae. I think certainly Jason uh, – not, <laughs> not Jason Terry. Terry Rozier. Jason Capone. Uh, <laughs> Terry, uh, Terry Bradshaw. Terry Rozier – uh, doesn't lack for confidence, and neither does Malik Monk. Um, now, I think I would choose Devonte for my last shot in that scenario. So I, I, I'd still, I'd still go for Devonte in that late game Elam ending scenario. I think Devonte Graham, when I'm not even going to say if, when he is part of the All Star NBA All Star game, that's how much confidence I have in Devonte Graham's development and his ability wow. Wow. to improve his game. Okay, so when he wow. is part of the festivities. I think that he will obviously be the best of this bunch in that situation. I think right now it it would be Terry Rozier. I think Rozier has the confidence in his ability to take that shot uh, and and knock it down. So I would go Terry Rozier right now, but ultimately I think Devontae Graham of this bunch is going to be the guy that you want the ball in his hands in in that final Elam ending. And I'll say this, I mean, Terry has for him, you know, he's done it in Boston on a big stage in a playoff game six or whatever right so he's kind of seen a little bit of that whereas Devonte is still kind of getting to that level so let's talk about who had the best uh rising stars night and and we kind of called this right david i mean if you listen to the preview oh, on friday 
We both speculated that P.J. Washington may have the weakest night, uh, and and I kind of said I wanted him to. I wanted him to take a break and take it easy. He did have a nice dunk there late, uh, but it was Miles Bridges who both of us, we thought, that would play the best of the three. It was Bridges who really led that third quarter, end of third quarter, end of the fourth quarter attack that allowed the USA to overcome a deficit to Team World. And uh, how did you think they played? Yeah, I thought Devontae played really nice as well um, because he hit some shots and got comfortable out there. And they both looked comfortable. Actually, all three of those guys I thought looked comfortable and felt like they belonged. Now, I think a lot of that had to do with them being there together. You saw all weekend they were posting just how much fun and camaraderie they were having being there as a group and as a team. And I don't think that should be overlooked. I mean, is that going to propel them into the playoffs this year? Probably not. But I do think that's a good thing for this young core to have that experience, to be on that big stage, you know, to kind of be there as a group and as a unit. And I thought Devontae certainly uh, showed out well to start. And then exactly what you said, I mean, Miles got super comfortable, had a couple easy dunks, got the crowd behind him, got the rest of his bench behind him too. Guys like John Morant coming off the bench, waving towels at him. And then once he got in a rhythm, he was able to knock down a couple of those lefty threes, man. And those things looked good. And he swung the game for that team. And then when you added in the highlight dunk to himself, which I think was the only one like that used to be a staple of the all-star game. Someone going off the back. McGrady. I remember McGrady doing it several times. And Vince done it. I think Kobe actually, I think Kobe may have done it in there as well. Uh, But, but, Hey, Miles was right up there with with those, in my opinion. So he had a, a great night and really got in the rhythm. And if he had not gotten that MVP, it would have been it would have been a crime. Uh, so I'm glad for him that that happened. You want to be careful not to extrapolate really anything from these oh, exhibition sure. games. I mean, Frank, and, right? Frank had a big uh, Rising Stars game. Yeah, he had 33 points in a Rising Stars game. So you never want to extrapolate too much from these exhibition games. But it is nice to see Miles Bridges, his confidence that he has obviously gained uh, over the last 10 games or so, uh, work its way into yeah. this exhibition game and see him have that takeover mentality and find a way to help his team win. Of course, he tweeted, I think at halftime, that he was going to buckle down and, and help the team win. So that all that fun stuff, that's cool. And I think you're right, too, that chemistry does matter to a certain extent. And having all of these players together, Devontae, PJ, and Miles, you know, figuring each other out off the court, I think it's going to help them figure each other out on the court. And if, you know, if the Hornets decide that Miles and PJ are just too good and, and they want to keep both of those players. They've got to find a way to play together well. Uh, and, and that means PJ has to play better, and you'd like to see him play better in the second half of this season now that Miles is getting it going and prove that they can both be on the court at the same time. And, and I don't think that it hurts. I don't know if it helps, but I don't think it hurts to have these guys all together having fun and uh, building that for the future. Okay. We've got one more segment coming up, and we're going to talk about All-Star Saturday. Devontae Graham was in the three-point competition, and then the dunk contest always, it seems like now, providing some controversy, David. Yes, of course. Of course. All-Star Saturday shenanigans coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. 
And the Google description here says on contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades named or numbered <laughs> B shares Batik of New York N.B.A. So take that for what you will. It's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. David, I can't. I can't anymore with this dunk contest. I really, I've tried, I'm trying. I'm, I, you know, just two, there's, there's, the, the well has been poisoned for me. Like, I don't know what's up, what's oh. down. I'm in the upside down with the dunk contest right now. Too many shenanigans. The right player isn't winning. I don't understand. Help me out. I think this year it's especially disappointing because honestly, I'm not upset with how it turned out. I'm not upset with the results. I thought either one of those guys, and I guess people are landing on like they should have split it, which I, I, I mean, I don't like that either. Why, why split like it? Either. Because that's there, the, there was, that's the coward's way out. Right. That was, that was going to be even more. I think that would have been more disappointing to be honest. The, 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 the shame of it all is that the judges and let's just say Dwayne Wade ruined the dunk contest. Okay, I'll put it out there. He, for some reason, the judges concocted this scheme that they were going to settle on a tie that would that would then have allowed them to vote for the best dunker, which that would have worked, I think. That would have been fine, right? Like, so if they would have gone to a tie on the last dunk between Derek Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon, then they all would have held up their vote for the winner. And, and so that would have been, that would have worked fine, right? You would have been okay with that. There was this, all this weird social pressure on the judges. It felt like they were all colluding with one another. They were scared yeah, at different yeah. points. I don't get it. Just just tell me just what judge. the best dunk is. And I, I'm telling you, I'm going back to what I talked about on the preview. I think the judging is all wrong. I think the I, I actually liked Kenny. The judging Smith. isn't the problem. The judging is the, confirmed the problem now. Yes, uh, confirmed that they, they have enough talent. They have enough dunks. There were some exciting yep. things. Everyone executed. I thought Dwight Howard and Pat Connaughton actually had some nice dunks. Yes. Um, so yes. I don't. I don't think they're lacking in entertainment. I think they're lacking in judging. And I'll say I'll give props to Kenny Smith, who is actually trying to give me some language around the dunks. It was trying to tell mm-hmm. me like why this is hard or why that's hard. But I don't that we don't have any baseline for what's a great dunk and what's a good dunk and what's an okay dunk. And I think it makes judging difficult. It makes it a social pressure thing where I mean, listen, everyone's losing their mind about every dunk. And so that if you're not if you're not thinking about it as a judge, you're gonna just tend to gravitate towards giving everyone a fifty. Right. Everything's a fifty now. So uh, solution one for that is bring back the decimal points. Okay. So you have judges, you know, give decimal points. It's just like fantasy football. It makes it more interesting. You score with decimal points that gives you a little more variance and you would have a better chance of not having all fifties. Um, I agree with you. Like Kenny was very, it was helpful. Uh, Reggie Miller was not, he and the Dwayne least Wade surprising almost- thing of the entire night was Reggie Miller. <laughs> Uh, being Shut up, not man. very helpful. Shut the hell up. And it was it was great. Yeah, Reggie right. Miller was great because you know I was like everyone. I was following along Twitter during the whole yeah. Saturday night and Sunday night, and it, without fail, Reggie Miller would say on air that he loved something about the festivities that Twitter was just you know crucifying. 
<laughs> it was hilarious. Yes. Like Reggie loved all of the things that everyone else hate, a- hey. hated. And it just confirmed everything that I think about Reggie Miller. Or, or this, Doug, the most Reggie Miller comment. This is Reggie Miller's analysis in a nutshell. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but this is basically what he said. I don't know about you guys, but when I look over and see the smiles on those kid faces, I just really like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Reggie. Uh, we're here. We're good with kids getting stuff too, man. Like, you're not out on a limb. Like, that's not analysis. What do you think of that, Grand, Grand Hill? Exactly. Like, why is Grant? Also, you know, when the ball goes in the basket, I just, it makes for better <laughs> basketball, guys. I don't, I'm just saying. Um, oh my God. I don't understand. I don't, uh, they, they got to do better. But, but look, even that could not have ruined the, the, the Sunday night festivities. But getting by the dunk contest, Doug, go to decimal points. And then they got to figure out because they, they got to figure out some of the judges. Because get the real judges, judges. just it. get real judges. Yeah. This is get absurd. Actual judges. Why? Here's the thing. Why have the Black Panther as a judge and not talk to him? You don't need to say anything. Chadwick Boseman said nothing during the. So why Man, not, have him as a judge one. if you're not going He's, to utilize him? And it, it makes no sense. It's taking every bit of his strength to keep throwing up that Wakanda sign. I mean, it, it really, it's going on, what, two years now? Uh, that was weird. I don't i don't understand. I don't know. There's a lot of common uh, all weekend. I get it. There's a lot of Chicago stuff. Um, but the judging was a miss. It was a big swing and a miss. Uh, but again, like, Derrick Jones Jr. winning is, is fine because his dunks were unbelievable. I don't think there's a better dunker. And people are now, you know, campaigning for Aaron Gordon. And yes, I feel bad for him. He lost two dunk contests, but um, I also am not with his take that you're there to do four dunks. He got four fifties, and therefore he should win. That's not how rounds work, right? Like that's not how the scoring works. You get a certain amount of points to go to the second round, and then the second round is based on that. Like just because you got four in the first round, it's over. Like that doesn't matter. It's weird too because I thought Aaron Gordon's. The, the dunk that he did before the final dunk was actually, I thought it was a repeat. I felt like he should not have gotten... A lot of repeating. I, I feel like Derrick Jones Jr. actually should have won before the final round. And then Aaron Gordon jumping yeah. over Taco Fall, that is A, spontaneous, B, creative, and C, impressive to, even though he didn't completely clear him, to, to jump over anyone that's seven foot five, uh, yeah. seven foot five is crazy. And to me, he deserved the win in the final round, but didn't deserve the win in the previous round. But that just goes to the <laughs> fact that the judges don't have their ish together. And, the, and, and I don't know if the NBA cares enough to do anything about it. I don't know if they should care enough to do anything about it because at this point, David, and, and I wonder if you agree with me on this or not, the, the poor thought process, like the poor formatics, so common, and people didn't like his little rap intro, although they did the same thing in 1989, and I thought it was dope as hell. And, uh, of course, Shaka Khan coming out and just absolutely decimating Ooh. the uh, Star Spangled Banner. Um, That's a tradition unlike any other. Francis right Scott, now, Francis Scott Offkey. Um, so... <laughs> There's that, and then what else do we have? Oh, uh, DJ Khaled not knowing how to say Pat Connaughton's name. Like, I mean, can we get can we get DJ Khaled in a pre-show run through? <laughs> but all of this has almost become tradition at this point. Like, I enjoy right. I the know. fact that we can make fun of the formatics. I know the first person I thought about last night as soon as uh, Shaka Khan, who looked great by the way. I mean, good, good fantastic, on her. Uh, yeah. Just I mean, off of uh, Mass Singer, by the way. I mean, Fergie came to mind instantly. <laughs> Let's play some basketball. 
you know, that is the new tradition. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was purely enjoyable. You got Kanye uh, just frowning through the entire game on the sidelines. That's great. Looking like a super weirdo. Was it, So and, my question is, did they ask Kanye to be a part of things? And he's, you know, he's in this weird zone right now, which we talk a lot about on Let the Boys Watch. Yeah. On Patreon, patreon.com. You, you could say that. Understand. Yeah. Reggie Miller. We talk a, we, we Kanye's really, in a weird zone. <laughs> yeah. So he's in a weird zone right now. So my, my question would be, did the NBA approach him? And he's like, look, I'm, you know, I'm a spiritual leader right now. I can't be right, uh, right. F- frolicking with these fornicators, this Sodom and Gomorrah of NBA um, NBA basketball. I can't do that. Right. Uh, or did uh, he just, or did they not approach him at all and just say, hey, we so, want you at the game, but we don't want you, but we're going to go with Common. And I thought he might come out during, uh, was it Ultra Light Beam? Yeah. That Chance went into. But the, so there was a picture floating around uh, on Twitter that was mics labeled up, right? So this was going around prior to halftime and it had like basically like a box of mics and then labels on each one of them. And there was one for uh, Chance. There was one for Lil Wayne. There was one for Bieber. And then there was one for Kane. K-A-Y-N-E. Oh, that's so obviously that's obviously the professional wrestler Kane, <laughs> right. and they added an extra Y. They actually wanted so, Kane in there, who is I think as a politician right now in <laughs> I want to say in my current state, Tennessee. Why not? Why not, Doug? So he's a the mayor. theory that I the theory that I hope is actually true is that he saw that and then refused. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm hoping that is true. They should have they should have spelled it C A I N, the biblical the biblical name right. of one of the of the Cain and Abel fame. They must have asked him, right? I mean, everyone else from Chicago was certainly asked or involved. But uh, I don't know. We'll, I'm sure we'll find out, too. If it, if it took place, maybe someone will leak it. But that's the theory I hope exists. We've already mentioned Devontae Graham, the three-point shooting contest. Um, yeah, I think both you and I are landing on. He was a little bit nervous. He put up a decent score, better than Trey, at least. Yeah. At least he wasn't last yeah. place. You just want to avoid just a completely embarrassing performance. He almost knocked down one entire rack. Uh, the Mountain yeah. Dew thing seemed to screw everybody up. But it was an exciting finish. That's why the three-point contest is got it dude i mean i like it yeah and you can't really plan it i mean you can't really set it up but the key is you have those clutch guys shooting uh threes yeah i thought the mountain dew thing uh it didn't it didn't uh, disrupt the flow in a way that i thought it would and it was kind of cool uh Devontae, like you said did hit one so that was kind of fun but it just it doesn't the thing I don't like that they did that and they added the full money ball rack is like you can't go back and say, well, Larry Bird hit X number of shots. Well, no one's whatever, doing that. Only you're doing that, David. You understand that, right? <laughs> you hate it because you do that. But literally, <laughs> historical context. one person on the entire planet is going for historical context in the three-point yeah. shooting contest. So that's yeah. just a, that's a you thing. I that's think, though, rule change. They instead of taking free throws in the fourth quarter of the NBA All Star Game, they should have to take the free throw from the Mountain Dew spot. Just leave the Mountain Dew spots on the floor. Well, LeBron tried for it, right? I mean, he tried to pull up from basically the logo. Right. They should instead of free throws, you should you still get one point, but they make it a lot harder. So that that would be exciting, right? Instead of a free throw to end the game, you have to take it from one of the the Mountain Dew spots. That to me would be somewhat more exciting. So I'll, I'm going to write uh, Adam Silver about that. 
uh, right now. But I think the three-point shooting contest was a success. I think the NBA All-Star Weekend was a success for the NBA and for the Charlotte Hornets. And now we are done with this year's All-Star festivities, David. And now we look forward to the Charlotte Hornets. They actually have to go to Chicago to play the Chicago Bulls. So the rest of the team can join up with Devontae, PJ, and um, Miles Bridges. Are you ready for the second? Uh, real quick before we go, are you ready for the second half of the season? What are you What are you watching for moving forward? The Hornets are not going to be in playoff contention. What are you What are you no. watching for? Mm-hmm. What are you hoping for in these final twenty plus games? Yeah, I think it's the continuation that we started to see from Miles prior to the All Star break and uh, in that Rising Stars Challenge. You know, if he can continue to kind of have that groove and look like a guy that was a lottery pick and that this team hoped to build around. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me. Of course, I'd like to see some of the young guys, uh, and PJ included, kind of rebound and get legs back under him. And then it would be nice to see Devontae and some of the guys that have had a good season finish our off strong. You know, they did close out the first half, quote unquote, right before the All-Star break on a high note, I think, with those two, two wins. wins. Yeah, two road wins. So uh, I want to see that continue. And I think if they can somehow manufacture that and maybe get a look at a couple other guys like oh my gosh who is uh who is our friend that's been playing well well they got Caleb Martin in there now uh they've got uh Kobe Simmons still in G League that we haven't seen play yet yeah got Jalen McDaniels yes McDaniels I mean if they can find a couple guys like that Doug I mean that's what you've seen from some of these guys like um like Nunn in Miami and Mm -hmm. um the other kid that they got some run towards the end of last season. Duncan Robinson become, as well. Yeah, Duncan Robinson have become contributors. That's how this team and this franchise can start to build some momentum and some, you know, some some talent depth uh, the way they have to build from within. I mean, that would be a big boost if they can somehow figure out how to do that. Well said. Uh, the Hornets have the t- 10th toughest NBA schedule. There, I got it out. 10th toughest mm-hmm. NBA schedule for uh, these final, this little final stretch that they have. So I don't think the Hornets are going to be in danger for the playoffs. Instead, they will be vying for uh, draft picks, uh, their first-round positioning. All right, that'll do it for us here on Lo- the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Doug. Thank you to David Walker for joining me. Walker Mail will be back tomorrow, and we'll discuss even more about the team you love. Remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Charlotte.